Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis. Today, on episode 105, we're going to be talking about the myths and the facts of using heat versus ice in regards to treating injuries. Now, this has been discussed a million times in the past, and it's probably the most discussed um, topic in the medical profession. And um, today, I thought I would just add my two cents to it, talk about a little bit about my background with ice and heat, um, and and you know, give you my opinion. Now, you can take this controversial topic with a grain of salt, or you can flip out and lose your mind about it. Um, you choose. And some people are just so dead set on certain things that maybe you've learned over the years about heat or ice and you have this this thought about you know what's best and um, some people have really good experience doing one over the other so you know make sure that at the end of this um, you shoot over some questions to me uh, about it or give me your thoughts about heat and ice and which one you prefer and in certain situations there are some people who just can do some and not others so but before we get started like just take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors a good night's sleep is what every body needs. Fresh rest bedding will keep you comfortable all night. Our advanced textiles and weave wicks moisture and also regulates body temperature. This design, coupled with our all-natural organic antimicrobial, eliminates 99.9% of odor-causing bacteria, as well as dust mites, which are an allergen to many. Because our bedding stays fresh longer, it is eco-friendly, as it only requires washing once a month on average. This bedding is also known for its incredible softness. Our antimicrobial is all-natural and organic. No metals, waxes, chemicals, or nanos. Our sheets will never leach onto or into your skin ever. These sheets are safe for your entire family. Fresh Rest is designed and engineered by Maine Lee Technology Group, based in Wells, Maine, and our sheets are made for the USA. Fresh Rest Bedding is only available for purchase through our e-commerce website by visiting freshrestbedding.com. Once again, that's freshrestbedding.com. Welcome back, everyone. So, We've all been asked as medical providers, okay, and maybe even yourself, you've asked yourself this question, which modality should you use first, heat or ice? So here we go. Before we um, we head into this, we got to pick which one we're going to talk about first. So I'm going to flip a coin here and um, heads will be heat and ice uh, will be tails. And we have heads. So we're going to be talking about heat to start with. And, um, you know, one of the things that we need to remember about heat and ice is that they are modalities. As with all modalities, there are some dangers to uh, doing modalities. There are some contraindications uh, and precautions. And, you know, people always say, well, what's better, dry heat or moist heat? Um, I personally like moist heat better. It's slightly safer. Usually with dry heat, they come uh, that comes with electric uh, heating pads. It stays at a high temperature for a long time, whereas a moist heat um, generally will kind of lose that um, that heat, especially if it's something that you microwave or, or something like that. Um, it doesn't matter if you're using heat, you know, in regards to ice or I, I'm not. I'm sorry, but moist or dry heat. 
Um, but there are a couple things you need to remember. You know, like if a patient has high blood pressure, sometimes this can kind of uh, throw them a little bit. Um, if they're really skinny and they don't have a lot of uh, fat and muscle to absorb that heat, especially like on the top of a shoulder, on top of the acromion, um, that can burn really easily. You don't want to fall asleep on a hot pack. Um, so this podcast today is not just for medical providers. This is for the general public. People can listen to this and get some good pointers here on how to be a little safer, but you would not believe the number of patients I see who fall asleep in a hot pack, which of course it's easy to do. It's the end of the day, you're tired, um, you throw the electric heating pad on your back and you, you doze off and you wake up with a nice little burn and we've seen some pretty significant burns with that. So Checking hot packs frequently is important. Um, diabetics, you know, we have to always be more cautious, especially for doing heat on the foot and ankle. Um, there are some bony prominences there, and uh, they don't, uh, and oftentimes less circulation to the feet. So you want to watch out that uh, these folks don't um, sustain a burn. Now, um, how how deep does heat penetrate, really? And in all of the research we've done, and I've, I used to teach modalities at uh, the University of Maine at Prescott. We taught modalities to the athletic training program. And, and what, we've, what we know and what we've learned um, from a lot of research is that heat doesn't penetrate very deep, contrary to popular belief. Uh, heat only penetrates about two centimeters deep. But here's the problem. You heat up the soft tissue, you increase the dilation of those uh, capillaries while well, you bring more blood flow to the area. And just like a radiator in a car that um, increased blood flow to the area draws the heat away from the area and uh, so therefore the heat cannot penetrate down at quite as deep as ice can um, and so think about it you know um, heat will not reach an area like a lumbar facet or a herniated disc or a piriformis muscle um, so it's really ineffective if you think you're, you're heating up that tissue down there um, with moist heat on the area uh, you're wrong um, but you need to remember this heat does have a relaxing and an inhibitory effect okay so you you heat up the soft tissue the skin um, your brain says hey this is nice this is comfortable um, muscle spasm can relax and the patient can kind of relax a little bit so I'll be the first to tell you I use heat but often just to kind of get the patient more comfortable it does not physiologically make a big change deep inside um, so that's something you need to remember when you're uh, using heat um, people freak out all the time they come in and they say oh my gosh oh my gosh I put heat on my swollen knee and it made it you know I, I think I, I'm, I'm gonna make it worse and they really panic about this stuff really heat or ice isn't gonna throw you um, all that much so don't lose any sleep over it but you know I generally like to heat people before I get them moving they seem to be more relaxed and they seem to move better it's not that the muscles are more flexible because uh, you put heat on the area um, but those areas that don't have a lot of, uh, you know, muscle and fat, that will definitely get to those deeper areas like tendons. Um, so let's chat a little bit about ice now. And I mean, we can go on all day about heat and ice. And um, please throw me, uh, throw the comments out at me. I'd love to uh, hear what you folks think. Um, so let's talk a little bit about ice. You know, there are a couple things you need to remember. There are people out there who have some allergies to ice, like, you know, Raynaud's phenomenon or cold urticaria. And uh, there are a couple really rare ones out there. So it's important that you ask your patient, you know, do you have any allergies to ice? 
before you ice them or before you ice yourself, you should know and your patients will know because they'll have had something happen. You know, as a child, they went into a, a cold lake or something like that and came out and they're all blotchy or they had a hard time breathing. Um, and so they will have that history. They will know it. Um, so it, there's nothing wrong with asking them that. There are different ways to apply ice. Um, there, there's pure ice. There's ice massage. You can use a bag of ice. There are cryo machines out there with pumps. Um, you know things like cryo cuffs, and um, there are uh, you know commercial ice packs out there. And one of the things you need to remember is that a commercial ice pack, especially one that is that has gel in it, will stay cold a lot longer. So these are much more dangerous, okay? Um, and so it's always important that you kind of put a layer around that uh, ice pack before you put that on the skin so people don't develop a frostbite. The other thing you need to remember are, you know, are nerves that are very exposed, close to the skin, very superficial, that are at high risk of being frozen, like an ulnar nerve at the uh, cubital tunnel or uh, the peroneal nerve uh, right next to the proximal fibular head. They're very, very superficial. And there are stories out there of people who have overfrozen those nerves and end up with palsies. Um, so you need to be careful in those areas. Put a little extra padding there if you feel like ice is going to be uh, beneficial. So I want to talk a little bit about the physiology of ice. And here's where we hear a lot of myths. You know, people come in and they say, well, I iced my knee for uh, five weeks, you know, three or four times a day to get rid of the swelling. And um, here's the deal. Ice is a pain reliever. So ice decreases nerve conduction velocity. So you bang your thumb and you feel pain in your thumb because those nerve fibers are sending pain messages. Your C fibers and A delta fibers are sending pain messages to your brain constantly. Um, you ice the area and it seems to feel a little bit better because you're decreasing that nerve conduction velocity. You're decreasing how those how quickly those messages are being sent to your brain. Um, and so the other thing that ice does early on, immediately after an injury, usually within the first 12 hours, but in my opinion, after 12 hours, it's still too late to use ice unless you're using it for pain control. But it does vasoconstrict the capillaries a little bit and help decrease hemorrhaging into the area. So if somebody's had an injury, number one, you can use the ice to decrease pain, but you can also use the ice to help decrease the hemorrhaging so you don't get an excessive amount of swelling. Now, swelling, remember, is part of the inflammatory process. It's going to happen. Um, but keeping that pressure down can be helpful. So elevating and compression at the same time while icing can be a, a very helpful combination. Okay, so let me um, let me give you a little scenario. And, um, you know, what we'll do is talk a little bit about, you know, why icing does not get rid of swelling after the swelling has been established. So I'm just going to give you a little example. And we, we always use this example, and it's just easy to, to understand. So you sprain your ankle. Um, you're rounding second base. You step on the base, and uh, you sustain an inversion ankle sprain, and you strain that that um, ATF, sprain the ATF ligament and CF ligaments, and, and all of a sudden that ankle is hurting. Uh, you can barely bear weight on it. it it's starting to swell. And uh, that whole process um, starts to occur where you have a vasodilation and uh, increased capillary membrane permeability. And what happens is 
once you have um, increased that capillary membrane permeability, and that happens because we want to bring white blood cells to the area, correct? So um, in order to allow those white blood cells to fall out of the capillaries and into the interstitial space, that capillary membrane permeability needs to increase because those white blood cells are a little bit larger than red blood cells. And so as that opens up the white blood cells leak into the uh, interstitial space but along with that um, you have these large cells of plasma proteins that also will migrate into the interstitial um, tissue and so what happens is when you have all these extra plasma proteins they attract water okay and so they draw water into the area so now you have not only bloody um, you know uh, liquid inside the interstitial space but really a majority of this is water okay and so now you have this big swollen ankle it's been 24 hours maybe longer than that and you still have swelling there and people think that you're going to put ice on top of water to get rid of it and it physiologically cannot do that okay so the way you want to get rid of that swelling is to compress it using compression sleeves or wrapping or coflex or whatever it might be and elevation those are really the two best ways to get rid of swelling along with some gentle movement that doesn't you know cause the irritation but i don't want to get off track here i just want to dispel this myth about ice getting rid of swelling okay so it can't physiologically do that so um really you would use that ice to uh, to help with the pain in a situation like that so um you know i use ice all the time uh, with patients and i usually incorporate you know elevation and some compression uh, i like you know uh, like cryo devices that put pressure in there and uh, give a little compression at the same time those seem to be very helpful but don't forget when you're using uh, heater ice modalities just like any other modality uh, ask questions about the precautions and the contraindications just to make sure that you don't uh, cause any damage uh, to the patient you want to try to be helpful and not uh, harmful and um, so the next time you are thinking about prescribing ice or heat to your patient or even prescribe it to yourself or a family member um, you want to think you know and ask yourself the question why are we doing this why am I prescribing this and um, will it be helpful and uh, so uh, I hope that this helps to kind of sort things out for you in regards to when you use heater ice there are many other applications for both um, you know I use ice a lot for people who have uh, headaches um, and heat to the back of the head and neck at the same time in a relaxing environment um, can be very, very helpful, uh, especially because 85% of headaches are caused by muscular tension. And um, the ice can just decrease pain and um, you know decrease some of that spasm as a result. So um, shoot over some questions that you have. Uh, contact me at paul at orthoevalpal.com and I'll get right back to you. And uh, please make sure that you head over to our YouTube channel. I'm going to talk about uh, all kinds of videos with patients with uh, real issues. We just put up a couple new videos recently, um, which um, 
I'm getting great comments about. And uh, please subscribe to our channel and like. And uh, please stay tuned because we are going to have a website associated with Ortho Eval Pal. So you'll be able to go check out um, what we have at our website and uh, download some information. And we'll uh, also be doing some more involved webinars um, that's going to help piece everything together. So I really hope that um, you folks check that out. And that should be coming really soon. So again, thank you for listening, folks. And I hope you all have a great day. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.